So we're going to talk about how the scheduling of financial conflicts might be resolved. No promises, no uh, answers yet. We're still working on it. We have some ideas. I was involved in the working group that talked about competing goals and scheduling conflicts. And only three of us in the group, myself, and the faculty member, Colin Dyer, faculty member, Jen Kaufman, who's our registrar, and uh, Stephanie Miller, who's an athletic coach. So it was a really nice combination, even though a small group, because we kind of hit different areas. student group advisors and we also talked to admissions because they're on the front lines they know what they're hearing from students who are coming in oh I have never been told I'm not loud enough I better <laughs> I sound so loud now um, we had a chance to talk to five different coaches we talked to the advisor for international students uh, for Latinx students and two of the admissions counselors, including one who works with transfer students, which is a unique group. And then we identified some uh, majors that we thought we needed to talk to. Um, I am the director of the ASL and interpreting programs, so we talked to our group. Um, we looked at biology, chemistry, nursing, music and theater. Uh, that was interesting because theater said, there is no conflict, we're fine. <laughs> like, oh, okay, we chose 
unwisely in that sense. Uh, we talked to kin kinesiology, and then the engineering uh, physics program that does three semesters here at Goshen College, and then two semesters, I mean two years, three years and two years at a, a school for engineering. And then all faculty had an opportunity to give feedback because we meet monthly in what we call the schools meetings. So certain majors or departments are in one group, other departments are in another group. So each of those schools meetings had an opportunity for faculty to give feedback on these same topics. So the pictures you're seeing are pictures from different SST adventures. So what did we find? I'm just giving you a quick overview of this. Um, we were hearing that there are students who don't see the value in SST. It's not, it doesn't have the same meaning for them. And we heard that this morning, if you were in Convo, the student survey was talking about the difference between Mennonite students at 77% wanting to go and non-Mennonite students at 40%. So we, we were hearing that a lot, people who didn't have that history. My mom went, my uncle went, I came to Goshen College expecting to go on SST. Then other students have a very different idea about SST. Um, we heard, as you heard earlier, that the SST alternative program needs to be overhauled. There's um, room to grow there. In terms of how it impacts academics, Several programs talked about, well, we have classes that are only offered every other year. It's hard enough to fit everything into the schedule, and now student, a student is gone for a whole semester. Um, we also heard, if you have a small department where you only have two faculty members and one of them is gone for a year, that leaves one person running the department and hiring somebody to come in and teach classes and handling everything that's left behind, and that can be really stressful. Um, some majors, like mine, courses are in a particular order and they're only offered once a year. So if you miss one of the major required courses, it's not offered again for a whole other year. So that creates major uh, scheduling problems for some of the departments. We heard about transfer students, often they come here as juniors, they would love to do SST, but there's no time left in their schedule to fit in a semester of SST in addition to everything else they need to do to finish their degree. And we heard um, something that was reiterated this morning, that re-entry process, when students come back and trying to get reintegrated into uh, their more traditional life, back into campus life, that there needs to be some work there. And then, of course, we heard finances. We always hear about finances. One issue is commuter students. Um, they're not paying room and board because they live off campus, and so the cost of SST semester is more expensive for them. Some students who could do summer, that would fit in their schedule very well, are concerned about the cost, paying more. You'll be hearing more about that from Joel. And then, one thing that was raised is, well, if someone's here on an athletic scholarship and then they're gone to China for a semester, are they still getting that scholarship money? And if not, what happens to that scholarship money? So a lot of different issues came up as we talked to different people. And we again asked them, well, what ideas do you have for fixing these problems? 
Um, one thing that came up was, what about coaches leading groups? What if every two years, every four years, at some schedule, there was a group led by an athletic coach? There were more team events going. Uh, we have done that for some uh, shorter trips, and it's worked very well. Um, the idea that cross-culture or intercultural learning doesn't have to be out of the country. It could be things that are here in the States or even very locally, which would help a lot of students who are non-traditional, who are non undocumented and aren't able to leave the country. Um, we hear a lot of comments about communication, that people don't necessarily get the right message, and, and what could we be doing about changing the language we're using, getting brochures or online things out to help people understand better what SST is. Specifically parents, because we get a lot of pushback from parents who are nervous about their 19, 20-year-old child going off to a third world country. And so are we doing enough to educate parents and let them know what, what this means and what the value of SST is? And we've talked about changing the language, which you, if you were in kind of where you saw the, the poll, um, should it be international ed or should it be some other name? Because SST has great meaning in our tradition, but not necessarily to people who are coming in from the outside. So there were some uh, suggestions about that. Some things for SST alternative were like, well, could you put together a couple of May term trips or a May term in a summer or a summer trip with a couple of classes? Are there things that we could do that will allow students to have some of both and count that as alternatives? Um, we do, uh, there's a trip, uh, nurses going to Nepal, that's specifically about nursing. Maybe some more things like that that relate specifically to an area of interest or a major. Um, something that came up in one of the groups I led, um, one of our music professors said, well, our students wear that they can petition to do something else other than SST, like a student who was a musician and spent a semester in Moscow studying music. And not only do I think students don't know that, I didn't know that. So I was kind of surprised that that was an option. So that was brought up. Um, and then, again, the non-traditional students. If you have children at home, you can't just go to China for three months. If you're undocumented, if you are caring for parents or other family members, if you have health issues, there's a lot of reasons that students are not able to go out of the country but could have some kind of intercultural experience more locally. Um, in terms of academics, so a few, couple of people raised the issue of having an international studies major, that other, college do, other colleges do have that. So that was brought up. Um, we also talked more about the reintegration component, uh, that Early on, there was discussion that it would be a class after you went on ST, you would have a class with other people who had just come back from SST, have that opportunity to talk through things. And that's not what ended up happening. And so, again, we saw in the poll that the portfolio after SST is not one of the most popular things. And so, several people brought up the idea of maybe we need to revisit that. How are we helping students reintegrate? Let's also talk about not bringing it up during admissions process because 
It's a little scary and strange and unknown to somebody who's coming to visit and doesn't know if they want to come here, that maybe we should start talking about it in the first semester after they're here, rather than when they're coming to visit. Um, and then we talked about having more options. And we have been using the idea of go long, go short, go domestic, that a full semester is awesome. But if you can't do that, could you do six weeks in the summer? Could you do part of a semester? Um, and then the idea, again, of, of some domestic options. Some suggestions that came up from faculty and coaches about finances. I'm going to tell you what they said, and Joel's going to tell you what's reality. Um, but one of the things that came up is allowing for nine semesters of aid. If you only have eight semesters of aid and you use one of them for summer, what happens in your last semester as a senior and you suddenly don't have the finances you need to graduate? Um, we talked about, is there a way to fund, uh, create a fund so that we can discount the cost for commuter students? If, you, if they have to add on the cost that would be room and board, we're talking thousands of extra dollars that they may not have. And then talking about adding uh, some kind of scholarships or an endowment for SST. We heard from people who were highly committed to the semester-long experience. Um, one of the big things is it makes us so different than other colleges, and that's really important to Goshen as a community. It's a great ex educational experience. It's a wonderful learning experience. There's a lot of positive things about it. Um, and of course, as someone who teaches language, language immersion is wonderful. It's much easier to learn a language when you're immersed in it than when you're sitting in a classroom. Um, the service opportunities, there was discussion about can we make service opportunities more compatible with a student's major or an area that they're interested in. Um, the need in the 21st century to be, have cultural competency. We heard from some people who are not so committed, and one of the big things was SST is too long, three months is too long. Um, and some students, we were hearing this from faculty saying, some of our students don't have to travel to a third world country to experience poverty and oppression, they live it. So, they're not seeing the value in that. And then there were a group of people who said, well, it's not that we're not committed, it's that we want more options. SST is great, but what can we do to reduce some of these conflicts, make it more accessible? Um, could we do something that's going to um, help them prepare and not negatively impact their career? For example, if you're missing a major important class, and that's gonna hurt you in terms of your career after graduation, then we get those conflicting goals. Um, also with the athletic coaches, we heard the idea of conflicting goals. Yes, we wanna support SST, it's amazing, but if a bunch of our athletes go and we have a losing season, what does that do to my uh, job, my position here, uh, to our standing? So there's a lot of conflicting goals. It's not as black and white as, yes, I love SST, no, SST is awful. It's really, there's a lot of things we need to accomplish. How are we gonna make all of that happen? And we asked them if students wanna participate. Some who don't wanna participate, we heard a lot of athletes don't wanna miss 
their time of training. It's going to affect their, their ability in the game. Um, we don't want to pay extra, or we can't pay extra. Uh, some music students. Now, if you're a singer and you're with Goshen College anywhere, you're going to be singing. That's not so bad. If you're a pianist, you're not dragging a piano with you. You're going to be away from your instrument for three months. That's, that's a sacrifice. Um, we heard this morning the same thing that I have in this slide. A lot of it's based on the experience of previous groups. So a group goes somewhere and they have a wonderful experience. We see a lot of students sign up for the next time. If students go and there's problems, not so many students are signing up the next time. Um, we have issues around the international students. Uh, they weren't allowed to go in the past, so a lot of work was done to create this opportunity for them. But now if they don't travel, they have to do those SST alternative courses. And we hear from international students but coming here is my SST. This is my intercultural experience, my language experience. So we need to figure out what we're doing with that. Um, a lot of prospective students, relating back to are we sure we want to talk to, this, to, to them about this during admissions process, are terrified. Say, oh yes, and you're gonna spend three months in you know, the jungles of Peru. It'll be great, you'll love it. We don't always get a strong response. Whereas once they're on campus and they're hearing other people's stories, they may have a very different response. And then we, of course, have students who their culture says, no, you need to be home with the family. Financially, they need to be helping with the family. Or they're undocumented. Again, they may have children or health issues. And so, no, they don't want to go on SST. The ones who want to participate, more likely we're going to see on-campus students, not commuters wanting to go. We see a stronger interest in Mennonite students and um, again transfers may want to but often can't fit it in. And some of the things just to summarize some of the, the issues that we found through this research, um, we really need to re-educate all of the stakeholders whether it's parents, students, faculty, donors, what's the value of SST, or intercultural education, why are we doing it? We need to do something better with that re-entry. Um, you saw in the student survey some concerns about mental health, physical health and safety, and then you're coming back. What are we doing to help them reintegrate? Um, maybe some options for transfers that, that are off campus, but not a whole semester long. Of course, we're talking about revitalizing that SST alternative program. Um, something that came up with athletes is if we could just leave a week later for a summer or a May session, we could finish our season. So there's things to consider. Of course, we move it for one group, it creates a problem for another group, and so it's very complicated, but that was one suggestion. Um, the messaging, the communication, the language that we're using. Are we all talking about the same thing? Are we all giving the same message? And are we getting that information out there? Um, and especially about finances, which are often a perceived obstacle and may not be as big an obstacle as everyone thinks it is, um, which leads me into Joel, who's going to share some things about finances. And we will have time for questions at the end. So if you're thinking about things and something I said doesn't make sense, jot a note. If you're like me, you'll forget if you don't write it down. 
I'm going to turn it over to Joel. All right, thanks. Um, yeah, and so, and as I'm going to, if you do have questions, we'll have time at the end, but please, uh, if, if you don't jot them down and just want to stop me and ask a question, I'm happy to do that as well. Um, so I also had the uh, privilege to join the group that uh, there was a picture of earlier today uh, in the fall um, at Camp Amigo. And um, uh, I uh, self-selected into uh, the financial group. Um, I, by the way, I'm Joel Short, and I'm the director of financial aid here. Um, so. Uh, my working group that joined me there that week was Deanna Risser, the VP for Finance, uh, Gerald Ross Richer, our professor of economics, and then, um, and then as we've had meetings kind of a little bit in the fall and then into the spring, we did also bring in Todd Yoder, uh, who uh, is in the advancement office, um, helps do some fundraising, um, to talk a little bit about that aspect of, of how can we how could we maybe look at costs through fundraising, through endowments, some of those kinds of things. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's just move on here. So, okay, so one of the things I want to talk a little bit about is affordability. Um, and and uh, because affordability is a really difficult thing to get at. Um, for example, as many people, I'm guessing, as many people as there are sitting here, if, if I asked you what would be affordable for me to pay out of pocket to attend SST or anything, we would probably get as many different answers as there are people here. Um, and, and so affordability is, is a personal thing, and it basically boils down to these two things, which I have up here. Um, on the top, um, going left to right for you, yes, um, it's ability to pay. So on the, on the far left side, it would be lower ability to pay, and then on the far right side, uh, high ability to pay. And so think of that as a continuum. And then up and down, um, we have uh, willingness to pay. So again, at the top, we have a high willingness to pay, and at the bottom, we have low willingness to pay. And so um, you can be anywhere in these four quadrants, um, but for example, um, a student who, there may be students who have a high ability to pay, but their willingness to pay is very low. Maybe they don't see the value in it. Um, so maybe they'd go if it was like, you know, 500 bucks, but if they're going to have to pay a couple thousand bucks, they may have the money. It may be fine, uh, but in their case, they don't have that willingness. Um, at the same time, you can also have somebody who has a pretty high willingness to pay, but maybe they don't have the money. Maybe their, their ability to pay is, 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 is not there. So really, um, affordability, if, if you're in that top right quadrant, uh, is kind of the sweet spot. Uh, but again, sometimes there are people who are may maybe in the top left, they have a high willingness, uh, but, but lesser ability, but maybe they still will make it work somehow. Um, there's some in an interesting um, story in uh, Jose Ortiz and Landon Weldy's research paper uh, of a student whose mom, you know, helped 
make and sell enchiladas and some things like that to try to help uh, cover those costs. So in that case, that student had a very high willingness to pay, even though their ability to pay was a little less, uh, but they made it work. So, um, so that's one thing about affordability. The other thing I do want to mention briefly um, is, so oftentimes we say uh, um, we can't afford something. And so for my example, on a small scale, but my example is I really want an Apple Watch, okay? But if you can see, I don't have one right now. Um, and often as I'm talking to my friends and people, I'll say I can't afford it, right? Well, that's not entirely true. Actually, I could afford one. I could go out and buy one. Uh, but at the moment, I'm not willing uh, to pay that. You know, we're going to be going on a family vacation in a couple weeks. And so for me, that's where I, at the moment, that's where I am more willing to put my money. Um, so, so sometimes affordability and can't afford, um, I think those terms get, get, um, get, twisted around, or not twisted around, but just get interchanged. And, 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 but that is a real issue, right? Like, it, you can have the best product in the world, and if people aren't willing to pay for it, then, then that's an issue too. So, so it certainly is an issue, but just that, that sometimes, oh, I can't afford it, really oftentimes means at the moment I'm not uh, willing to. Okay, so pricing. So one of the things... Um, I will say later, a plug for my session later, if you want to get into the nitty-gritty about cost and structure and things, then you can come at 2 o'clock and hear myself and Deanna Risser uh, talk about that. Here, I'll I think I'll stay at more of a high level, but, um, but one of the things that Goshen has tried to do is make SST affordable. Um, and some of the ways we've done that is, is the cost. It's, it's the same cost as a full-time on-campus semester, and we'll We've already touched on several times how that, why that's a little problematic, um, and, and, and I'll delve into that a bit. But, um, but, but that cost is, if you go in the fall or the spring semester and you were a, a resident student, other than a, a pretty minor, at this point, $500 uh, extra cost to go to Peru, um, your costs are the same. And that includes airfare, that includes travel. In fact, your, probably your incidentals might even be less uh, than they might be first semester here on campus. Um, and in the, in, for many years, we've actually had a, a unit that had no extra cost. And so at present, we don't. And so I think that is another thing that we, we need to look at, is how can we afford one that truly is at cost. So like I said, I think our, our lowest extra cost right now is Peru, uh, which is $500. Um, so that's one thing. And then in terms of financial aid, your financial aid goes with you. Um, and, and so, especially if you're in the fall or spring, you can get state aid, you can get federal aid, you can get your academic scholarships, institutional need-based grants, um, outside scholarships that you can bring with you, loans, all that stuff. Um, so really going in the fall and spring is, is your most affordable option um, if you are a, a campus, on campus. Um, however, um, summer is also an option and sometimes a necessity, and I'll get to that point in a little bit. But, um, but in summer, um, this is where uh, one of the things, well, so in summer, you do can use your financial aid, a lot of your financial aid, but here's where it does get a little more complex. Um, and uh, and s actually federal Pell Grants used to not be able to be used in the summer if you used them fall and spring. Well, that was a change just a couple years ago, so now that is 
uh, if you are a Pell Grant recipient, you can actually continue using that through the summer. Um, institutional scholarships we do give you, uh, as was mentioned earlier, we do have a policy at the moment of eight semester stipends for financial aid. Um, but on the back end, we very, 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 very rarely um, totally pull the financial aid out from people. So usually there's a, a significant amount of institutional need-based aid uh, that we include. But again, that is a communication piece that I think we, we, we can and need to do better on uh, so that students kind of understand that going in. Um, state grants, you can't use them in the summer, um, those kinds of things. So financial aid gets to be complex because we've got institutional, federal, state uh, 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 policies that we have to intertwine. So that certainly is the most challenging. Uh, but it is, it is workable for some people. Um, another thing that, that a, a challenge is the changing demographics. And again, this has been talked about quite a bit. Um, but we, we've already talked about commuter students. Um, and for those students, for commuter students, um, this whole thing of, well, it's the same cost as your normal semester, well, that isn't exactly true because now you have to pay this room and board piece. Um, and oftentimes there are, like, as we're developing financial aid packages, we do uh, um, include uh, both um, uh, an amount for... Um, for whether you're living on campus or off campus. And so often, if you're living at home, you might get a little bit less aid than you would have gotten if you were on campus. Um, however, it's not dollar for dollar, right? So you're gonna see an inc increased cost for that semester if you're a commuter student. Um, also, students who don't have the sort of what I, we call, or what I'm terming SST legacy, um, again, I think that that goes to a, pers a value piece. So um, another, example, my wife, for example, um, her family, they were Pell Grant recipients, so very modest family income. Um, and in her case, having to go on it in the summer, um, so again, that made that a challenge. But because her sister had gone, um, they were she was raised in this community, knew about SST, like she was going to go. And she had the support of her parents too. So, right, it's not even just the students have to have the support. It's you have to also have that support from family and that, that are willing to make it work um, because the family was, had to borrow some money to be able to make that work. But for them, that was worth it. So, um, so again, students coming to us, as was said earlier, that don't have that, um, that then also makes it a challenge uh, on, a, on communicating the value of it. Um, and then finally, um, on this piece, students with other obligations, right? So as our student body changes, we have maybe uh, parents, uh, uh, moms or dads who are full-time students, and as they mentioned, not able to leave their children. Um, or, or sometimes, maybe you're not a parent, but maybe you just have to work and your family, actually you, you work either to support your schooling or to support your family uh, system. And so being gone for three months, uh, doing this amazing experience, uh, while it's amazing, um, you lose that income and maybe that's just a reality for you and your family. So, um, so the, the students with what I'm, again, terming just other obligations. Um, I've already talked a little bit about this summer SST and the extra, the cost that it is, um, but 
the point here I want to make is there are some even other costs other than just what you pay to the institution for SST, right? So for one, it's an extra semester. So even if your financial aid was all the same, you're now paying three semesters instead of what you would have normally paid for two semesters. You're also foregoing work income for that summer. Um, and that, that is a big deal. That was a big deal uh, for me. That's a big deal for many students um, needing to work and save up money so that you can help pay for your next semester. Um, and again, so that's, that is a cost that is greater than just the cost even of the program. Um, uh, and then also communication of the eight semesters. I think um, this is where I think one of the places that I know we, we can do better, and I've been thinking a lot about this too, uh, at the financial aid office, but also uh, the institution as a whole is how do we communicate this? How do we communicate, you know, the financial aid piece and whether it is affordable and that it is affordable, but not even just this general blanket message of it's affordable, but then uh, because I think sometimes that can then be seen as, oh, wow, I'm getting everybody excited. Then they get down to it and realize, oh, I'm going to have to borrow some extra money or whatever. So how can we communicate that it is affordable, but some of the realities of that and some of the, uh, for commuter students, that it might be some extra cost for uh, summer SST, that there's going to be extra costs there. So that communication piece, I think, from the institution as a whole uh, all the way through is, is really important. Um, and then just, I also am just kind of throwing out there that uh, summer SST, while I wanted to go on summer SST, uh, my, when I talked to my, because I didn't want to miss a semester here on campus, and I talked to my dad, he was like, no, no, you're going to go in the spring, because I could. However, there are some that the only way you, they can go because of majors uh, or co-curriculars or other things is in the summer. And so just making that note that at, at, at the present way, the way we're doing this, um, there are people that that is the only way they can make it work. It's not just a luxury. So again, um, in terms of takeaways from the financial piece, um, I think better communicating, uh, better communication uh, regarding the cost, regarding the financial aid, what is options, what is it going to look like, how can we get estimates out there sooner maybe, helping people to understand, um, and helping people to plan. I think that's the other thing is, um, you can do a lot of things if you plan, if you're able to plan, but if you think, if you hadn't planned and you didn't know and all of a sudden the bill is due in three, three weeks, okay, now that's an issue because you're, you know, you're not going to be able to do it. So how can we get you the information so that students can plan for it uh, financially as well as in their, semester, in their schedule? Um, Possibility, possibility of maybe removing that eight semesters of academic scholarship. Uh, um, um, stipend uh, policy, right? Like I think um, we actually, as I've said, we do give a lot of aid and we often give a lot of aid at the end for students. Um, it just doesn't come in the form of that academic scholarship. So how could we maybe remove that? Uh, uh, that uh, policy and maybe allow for ninth semester so that again it's easier to communicate and people maybe aren't self-selecting out before they've gotten all the information. Um, and then um, and then the other piece is just um, donors you know how can we continue to, to promote SST to donors either possibly for some direct scholarships or even to endow the program um, or to start working there. Um, 
one thing is uh, that was brought up in, in, well, in the research by Landon and uh, Jose is basically that just while it would be nice to just give people more money to, to attend SST, the reality is we're barely breaking even on it. And in fact, I think uh, we have a slide later uh, that will show that it's, we really only make about 1,000 to 1,500 per student uh, on SST, which is, is really not much margin there. Um, and so that's just covering the costs of running our programs. So just like upping financial aid uh, without having some kind of donor support or endowed support um, doesn't feel like a, a, a real sustainable model either. Um, So at this point, um, I would, we would both love any questions, um, if there are any, um, and another, yeah, if, if there are any questions, we'd be happy to take them, I, um, and there is a mic there, or you can just shout, um, so. Yeah. biochem, biomolecular major, so like my schedule is really jam-packed with uh, like courses back-to-back -back and a certain schedule. Um, and for me, a problem that it, um, for me, a problem that is like really big and open is that like the grades in those classes really matter. So like if you get a C in a science course, it's okay, you know, you pass the class, but like if you want to get into medical school, that would be something that we would have to like rethink about because uh, currently where I'm at, I have to take an extra semester out of my four uh, years here at Goshen College. And like that's already kind of summed up. Plus, I had to think about like SST in the summer. So it's like how like quickly do you think like information about this or the changes that are happening? Because like it's weird, like my scheduling is weird, but it's like, like you said, planning in advance would help me get like, okay, do I take it in the summer now, or do I plan ahead and just do SST alts in my... She said I should come join you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's okay. Well, I will speak to that from a scheduling issue. Um, when we were doing advising meetings in the fall and students were like, so the next uh, ASL unit for SST, and I was saying, uh, let's get through this research and figure out what we're doing. So I know the students are feeling that anxiety of, I'm trying to plan and you guys might be changing things, what's going on? So we are aware of that. Um, and we're trying to work through a way of, first of all, figuring out what changes we could make. Doesn't mean everything's gonna change at once, maybe some little piece will change and other things will come along. Um, but also trying to weave that together with the stress that not only students, but faculty and leaders are feeling about, um, is everything that I planned gonna just go out the window? So I think it's really important for my piece of it, our working group, to hear from you and other people, what do you need? You know, it's like, well look, I can only do it in the summer, so can you guys work on getting this summer thing to be better? Or are you saying, well, if I could do it in this particular semester, or, you know, what is it that's gonna help you work through your anxiety? That would be really good information for us. And then I'm sure part of it ties into Joel with the finances. 
Everything always seems to come back to money, so I don't know if we have any idea of how quickly anything's going to change. Well, I mean, <laughs> so for that perspective, what I would say is, and this is what I, this is part of the issue that we do have to work on in terms of communication. Um, but uh, you, you, if you, like a lot of times, many times, students will come and say, I'd like to go in the summer, like my junior year. Can you tell me, can we talk about what that would look like for me, right? Because everybody's financial aid is a little bit different. And so then, yeah, we will either meet and talk about it and put something together or, or we can do it by email too and say, okay, we've, we've, we've given you an estimate, kind of give you an estimate of what that looks like versus what it looks like in a fall or spring. And so I think at the moment, that's the best answer I have. Um, is just to connect with us in the financial aid office so that we can try to help you plan out here's what it would look like in your case and here are the options you have. Um, but, and then I think on a larger scale, how can we do that? I mean, we love students to come in and talk to us, but is there a way that we could do that better um, sort of in mass? But the hard part with financial aid is that um, it always is very individualized in terms of what kinds of aid you have and things. So. Um, I, yeah, sure. Okay. So one of Colleen said that um, we need to, an idea was to not tell the students until they're already admitted about this SST program, but then we were talking about planning ahead. So I'm a big planner, and this is one of the things that threw me off guard when I got admitted and everything. I didn't realize SST was like a required thing, and so then once I found that out, I was like, oh, maybe I wouldn't have picked that because it's not my values. So then that's why I went the SST alternative routes. So I was just, I don't know if this question or if how to answer it, but like when thinking about planning ahead, how can we do that without scaring the prospective students? So that's just my thoughts. I have a question for you. Would it have been better for you if you were told at the beginning there is an intercultural education requirement and there are several ways to fulfill that? Probably, SST yes. might be one of them, yeah. rather than, and yeah, you're going to go on SST? Yeah. So yeah. maybe give some information some about information a requirement. Some information about it being required. Okay. And then also just being like, this is a thing, it's a great opportunity. Because I knew about it, but I didn't know, like, oh, this is a required thing, right. therefore I didn't plan it all in my head. I was like, oh, that sounds cool, I could go to Peru if I wanted to. And that was always just, like, kind of there. But then with the major classes, everything right. changing, yeah. So. Okay. And since you're our note taker, yeah. put that in your notes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, um, I, I think you, you've made some good points there, and I think that is one of the probably communication pieces that needs to be beefed up with advisors, particularly related to financial. And it doesn't mean that they would, I don't necessarily want them answering the questions always, but having, the inf having information that they can uh, provide to students. Because we, we, we sometimes get, and, and again, it's kind of at the moment, I think some do a really good job of that and some probably not so well. So I think that is a piece that, that we should take. Um, that what I was gonna say is May term is the same way too, where uh, some are really good about like, hey, you need to go see financial aid about this May term and what the costs are gonna be and how that's gonna work. Um, and other times people are like, you know, usually there's deposits and stuff ahead of time, but, at some, but they were maybe too far down the road before they realized that. So yeah, good point, thank you. And, and I will say as someone who does advising, um, I think an area that I fall down in is the SST alternative option because 
it kind of makes sense to me, so I sort of think, oh yeah, and you have to take these courses without necessarily guiding students as well as I could on where they're gonna fit those in and what's gonna work. Um, so I, I definitely think there's room for us to improve, and a lot of it just seems to come back to communication. Are we communicating what we think we're communicating? So I appreciate your comment. Hello. Um, I guess a good way to tell people about SST and the different options would be through the Core 100 and Core 106 classes because all the first years and transfers have to take those. So if you added that into the curriculum, it would help get people to know what's happening. Yeah. That's, and that is not happening now? No. <laughs> okay. I don't teach those classes, so yeah, that's great. Thank you. The voice from above. Yeah, thanks. No, you're right. And the, the reason, I mean, the institutional reason for that is actually because you're, you're using, they're crediting back your May term because you're not going on a May term. And so if you're a full-time fall and spring and on campus, then you're right. There is a, there is a couple, several thousand dollar uh, cost less for that uh, SST. So yes, thank you. That is also important. So I don't really have a question to add, but I think I have a comment and maybe an affirmation. Um, so I am Mennonite, so I have come from that SST legacy. And I noticed in the presentation this morning that um, the percentage of Mennonites who are interested in SST is still very, very high. So that um, idea of communication, the fact that like I knew about SST before I came to Goshen means that I'm very interested in it. And um, kind of like Megan mentioned, I don't think we do a good job of communicating about the SST program at the beginning um, when students enter. So I would just affirm the idea of at least mentioning SST in um, like admissions process, trying not to freak students out in like, this is a requirement, you're going on a three month tour to Peru, but mentioning that it's an option um, and then pursuing that education. Thank you. And I, and I think some of that's going to clear up as we work on language, like you know, if we are talking about there is some version of an intercultural requirement um, so that people don't think three months in the middle of nowhere is the only option. I, I'm not from a Mennonite background either, and I was a very shy, introverted kid, and so if you had told me at, when I was 18 that I was going to go live with strange people in a strange, I would have like, I'm going to a different college, thank you, um, because I wouldn't have known how wonderful it is until I started hearing the stories and finding out what I missed. But um, I think that's, that's going to get better. I predict that's going to get better as we improve our communication and our language. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, just occurred to me, I mean, we have a small group here. Thank you for coming. Um, we appreciate that. And, and actually, the feedback, if there's more, we really appreciate that, and we'll, we'll get it noted here, but also feel free to, to share it in the other ways. I was curious, um, if you don't mind, and if you don't, and if you do mind, I guess just keep your hand down the whole time. But if you don't, I would be curious how many of you either have gone 
or plan to, well, have gone or plan to go, and all you have to do is just give a show of hands. Um, so, Uh, everybody. everybody yeah. That's fine. We'll, we'll know how many students and how many others. <laughs> I see that wiggling hand there. So, okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Okay. Thanks. And then how many don't, are like, uh, I'm not going either because I can't or just don't want to go or for their whatever reason? Okay. Okay. So in terms of students, great. Thanks. You can get that down too. Other Comments, questions that you want to make sure we note? Hi. Hi. Um, I'm Sierra and I'm a Spanish major. So for me, it's required to go on two semesters abroad. Um, is there extra aid for that for like my specific situation? Very good question. Yes, so um, if students are required to go on a second study abroad, which usually is something other than, S I mean, it's always something other than SST, I think. Um, if it's one of our <coughs> partner programs, so like BCA, I think CEA is one. Um, I'm not sure. There's, there are others in terms of Spanish speaking, I'm not sure. But if it's one of those which are in the catalog, then yes. Uh, we will, you, we have the, a, a consortium agreement and we will process your financial aid, all of your financial aid, including your, your institutional scholarships. Um, now, if you go through something that's not one of those consortium agreements, um, then, then your costs are with them directly and any kind of aid would be directly with that organization. Um, but if you do one of those programs, yes. Sometimes we get people who just want to do those programs, which are great. Um, we can still do the federal aid for those programs, but we wouldn't send your institutional aid. Uh, but for those who it's a requirement, we do. And again, we'd be happy to chat on how that would exactly work for you. Okay, thank you all. Um, uh, we're glad you came. I'm really glad you had all these comments, and they'll get recorded, and, um, and uh, hope you have a good rest of the day. <laughs>